This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. How can a loving God let suffering this? In India right now, thousands of people are dying. And I'm sure the believers are without asking the question, how can a loving God allow this to happen? I'm telling you, it's sick and it's bad theology when you say it's because of their sin. It's because the idol worshippers, God is sending the disease even more strong on them. That's not the way God works. When destruction comes, we tend to distort the truth. And when destruction comes, the truth that we distort is that God is not good anymore. And hence he doesn't love me anymore. And he's using his power in an unjust way. He's using his power in an invisible way. I don't see him. And he's a mischief maker. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus tells his disciples, he says, get in the boat. We'll go to the other side. And they get in the boat. And they begin to go. Jesus has done a full day of ministry. And they're in the boat. And they begin to go. And Jesus is asleep in the stern of the boat, the Bible tells me. And you know what happens. There's a great storm. There's a great storm and the wind begins to blow and the waves begin to, to rise. And these fishermen, who are fishermen, they grew up around the water. They grew up in a boat. They are fishermen. They know how to swim. They've seen storms before. They've seen waves before. They've seen winds before. But this was different. And they begin to freak out and they're trying to row as hard as they can. They're trying to, to, to steer the boat as the best they can. They can try to stabilize things and they're unable to. And they go to Jesus and they wake up and say, Do you not care that we're going to perish? Do you not care that we're going to die? Jesus told them, We're going to the other side. When you go through storms, please listen to me. When you go through storms, it's easy for us to distort the truth. When you go through destruction, it's easy for you to turn around and say, Do you not care? God doesn't care for me and maybe you're sitting at home this morning and you didn't come to church because you feel like God doesn't love you and God doesn't care for you and that's the biggest lie and Satan is a liar when you go through storms sure it can seem like God is asleep but he's very present and they wake Jesus up and Jesus wakes up and he says peace be still and the storm has to shut up in fact let me read this to you it says in Mark chapter 4 verse 39 and he awoke and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea shalom be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm and he said to them why are you so afraid have you still no faith what do you do when you cannot find faith because of the destruction around you and you begin to distort the truth and it seems like God cannot be found and if he is he's asleep what do you do what do you do do you go and distort the truth do you give in to the destruction and change who God is? In fact, the Bible tells me over and over and over again, permit me just for a few verses to encourage you. Psalm chapter 107 verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me right off all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 43 verse, verse 2, it says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burnt up. The flames will not consume you. God did not say you will not go through waters. He did not say you will not go through fire. He said you will go through the waters, but you will not be drowned. You will go through the fire, but you will not be burned. I want you to know that in your theodicy, in your study of how can a good God let bad things happen, know that God has put us in this world where there's sin. God has put us in this world where there's suffering. That's why he says, take heart, for I have overcome the world. But he says, when you're on the furnace, there'll be another man with you. Yeah. 
When you're in the lion's den, I will be there with you. I will shut the lion's mouth. When you're in the doctor's office, I am with you. While you're walking out of that office when they fired you for all the wrong reasons, I am with you. When your sale falls through, I am with you. When you find out that your daughter is pregnant, I am with you. When you find out that your marriage is breaking up and you're going through a divorce, I am with you. Lo, I'm with you always, even at the end of the age. You will go through suffering, but I am with you. I am a good God. I will always be good. And I will always be good through you, even when you're going through the fire. You might not understand why. Just hold my hand. Just hold my hand. Stay close to me. Don't change your theology. Don't look at the destruction around you and the arrows that's pointed towards you and doubt me. I am God. I am omniscient. I am omnipotent and I'm all loving and I love you. And I created you. I put you here on this earth for a reason because I love you and I have a plan and a purpose for you. instead of trusting the goodness of God, we tend to see an answer or a reason for suffering. And sometimes it seems easier to find a coping mechanism to get through. Once again, I'm sorry if this gets under your skin. In fact, it's a good thing. Quite possible that many of you have a coping mechanism to get you through. And that coping mechanism does not involve the plans of God. Here's Job's coping mechanism. He's not actually doing it. He, he, he contemplates it, but immediately he puts it off because he sees that it doesn't hold water. Uh, Job chapter 9, verse 27. If I say, I will forget my complaint. I will forget my hardship. I will put off my sad face. I will put off my sad face. In Hebrew, that's beautiful. I'll put off my sad face. I will take it off and I'll put it off because there's many different faces that I can put. I will take off my sad face and be of good cheer. Hey, smile, look happy, wear different makeup, spray on different perfume, go work out a little bit, look a little different, change your hairstyle, buy new shoes, change your Facebook profile picture, see how many people like it, put off your sad face, come on, shake it off. I'll take off my sad face, I'll put on good cheer. And then he says, I become afraid of all my suffering, for I know you will not hold me innocent. What he's saying is if I can live in cheerful denial, but even that cheer is short-lived because I'm reminded of my relationship to you, and I wonder if I'm really innocent before you. Listen to me, folks. We're bringing this, kind of tying it all together. In times of suffering, putting on a cheerful face is not going to change anything because ultimately you're going to come back to the reality of, am I right with God? That's the biggest question that man has to answer. Am I right with God? Am I right with God? Because no matter how much you try to laugh and joke and watch stand-up comedies or comedy or, or movies, even in your dreams, it would come back. What are you going to do when you stand before God? What are you going to do? Are you going to try and crack a few jokes and say, God... We're cool, right? Can I do that? You see, I told you this last week. Sin is so devastating that God had to enter into the world and live a sinless life because nobody else can do it. And laughing and joking and putting on a cheerful face is not going to save you from that ultimate judgment when you stand before God. Job says a second coping mechanism, maybe, you know, Smoking some weed and laughing is not going to help, but maybe I'll do this. I'll wash myself with snow and cleanse myself with soap. Yet you will plunge me into a pit and my own clothes will abhor me. He says, maybe, maybe, maybe this is what I should do. Maybe I should just get more religious, do more good works, go help out in the soup kitchen, you know, come to church more regularly, help on the worship team, be a leader, you know. And he says, even if I do that, even if I try to renew my efforts and try to be a good person, my goodness will never be enough. What Job is getting at is 
no matter what's happening around me, ultimately what will bring meaning to my suffering and my existence is to know that God and I are on good terms. Because if we are on good terms, no matter what's happening around me, it doesn't really matter. Job realizes, please pay attention, Job realizes that the worst kind of suffering is not standing at the graveside of a loved one. The worst kind of suffering is not getting news from a doctor's office that you only have five months to live. The worst suffering is not losing your job. Please listen to me. The worst suffering is not living single for the rest of your life. The worst suffering is not having your spouse cheat on you. The worst suffering is not who's running the nation or who's running the world. The worst suffering for you and me is knowing that you have to go through this life devoid of a relationship with the one who created you. Please listen to me. Because when you have that right, I promise you, and I will will, I'm willing to bet everything I own on this. When you have that right, you can walk through this life with confidence, with hope. And my friends, those are the two main ingredients in faith. You can walk in this life into a lion's den. You can walk into this life with haters all around you. You can walk into this life and in fact those haters is what God will use to empower you to stand strong and to say, how do you like me now? I'm not going to distort the truth. God is good all the time. Oh, destruction, bring it on, man. Because Jesus, when he came into this world, please listen to me. We're going to bring this to a close. Jesus, when he came into this world, he brought meaning not only to the life that you live, but he also brought meaning to your suffering. In fact, this is number three. Job says in Job chapter nine, verse two, he says, how can a man be in the right before God. How, man? How can I, how do I, how can I know that, that Jesus is in my boat? How can I know for certain that, okay, fine, there's storms in this life and I'm being tossed and turned around. I've been a fisherman all my life. I know how to navigate storms, but this is bigger than what I can handle. I need someone greater. I need someone who can calm the storms. I need someone who's the master of the waves. I need someone who can silence the enemy in my life. Is there anybody over there that needs that in their life right now? And I know that what I'm walking through is much more greater than what I've ever anticipated and what I've been trained for, what I went to school for. I need a supernatural move of God. But how do I know that he is in my life? How do I know that he is in my boat? And Job says that I do not know how to find this and he says in verse 33 there is no arbiter that's no empire no referee no judge between us who might lay his hand on both of us there's no one who can be a mediator between me and God oh I hope you're excited and sitting on the edge of your seat Mm. Job you're suffering and you say if only there was a mediator between me and God because I will go through anything in this life if I just know that God still loves me that he and I are fine. If there was someone who would stand in between and put his hand on me, put his hand on God and say, hey, listen, Job, you're fine. Don't worry. Let me tell you about what's happening in heaven right now. It's not about you, man. Uh, Joel's going to preach about this 2,000 years later, 3,000 years later. Uh, just chill out. Just, just go through this for now. Go through this fire right now. Don't distort your theology. Don't look at the destruction around you. Because Job, 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 there is a Redeemer. There is a redeemer. There is a redeemer, Job. And Job was like, I wish there was someone, a mediator, a middleman. Number three, there is a redeemer who shatters doubt and unbelief, who obliterates doubt and unbelief. There is a redeemer. I'm preaching this message in faith because I know that sitting in this room and at the sound of my voice are those of you, three kinds of people. Okay, number one, you're sitting here, you're blind. You're blind, you're blind, you're blind. And you're prideful in your blind arrogance. And I love you. Mm, I love you so much that I will tell you this. You sat in church smug all your life. You're like, I got this figured out. But then the storms came. 
and your faith begin to shake. And now you are here and your faith is gone. It's nowhere to be found. And what you have left is just a good charade, a good face, a good act of hope. You have the verses, you have the songs, but you lack the faith without which it's impossible to please God. And you're blind. And I've been praying that God will supernaturally open your eyes to see how blind you are. Because that's something that only God can do. The second kind of people are people who are dead. They're not blind. These people are dead. These people are sitting in their own arrogance. They don't care about God. And you think that you can actually live this life by your own ways, like that good old song, I did it my way. That's a song they will be singing in hell. I did it my way. And this morning I'm preaching in faith that God will, like calling Lazarus out of the tomb, will call you out from your grave and that you'll be a dead man walking here this morning. And the third kind of people are people who are walking in faith. You're walking in the light. And I want to encourage you to continue to walk in the light, to, to rejoice at every time you see the truth and it sets you free, to rejoice every time destruction comes and you run to the goodness of God and say, I know he is good. And every time Satan turns up the heat, your praise gets louder. And every time you're on the lion's den, you pray for the peace that passes all understanding. And every time you're on the storm, you will surprise God at your faith. There is a redeemer who shatters doubt and unbelief. The redeemer turns your doubts into dearest praise. There is a mediator between God and man. There's no more need to assume if God is on your side or not. Isn't that beautiful? You can leave these doors knowing for certain if God is on your side or not. There's no more need to wonder, God, are you mad at me or are you upset at me? It's fantastic because there is a redeemer. Jesus, God's own son, the precious lamb of God, the Messiah, the Holy One. We sang about him this morning. And Job recognizes that he's created by God in Job chapter 10, verse 8. He says, Your hands fashioned and made me, and now you have destroyed me altogether. You see, when God is only your creator and the sovereign authority and ruler over your life, in times of trouble, faith will flee. But you also need to know that he's loving. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 